Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. I'm your host, Van, and we're continuing our journey through our annual read, Daily in His Presence by Andrew Murray. We continue the theme of the month, The Secret of United Prayer, where we discover that united prayer brings answer to prayer. And today's focus is gospel ministry. Our text is found in John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. When the counselor comes, Jesus says, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I don't know about you, but I enjoy crime drama shows, particularly court scene crime drama shows, Law and Order. Well, in one particular episode, um, it recalled a story of a man who was condemned to die in an electric chair in Texas. The day was execution day, and the prison warden was waiting by the phone just a a few rooms away where the execution would be taking place. And he was waiting to see if the governor had a last-minute call, just in case a stay of execution would take place. Now, a stay of execution was an order to halt an execution. And the warden was sitting there, as he always does, waiting by the phone, waiting for it to ring, just in case. Well, minutes before the execution took place, the governor had a change of heart, and he called the warden, and the warden picked up his phone and told him, halt the execution. We need to look at this case again. Evidence has just been brought to my attention that could cause this man not to have to die today. Now, the warden got the message, but he was just casual about the message. You know, he was going about along the way to this, the death chamber in a casual way. There was no urgency with a message of life. He just took his time. Now, some even say in this show that he wanted to. He, he, he had this good news. He just wasn't urgent with the message. He wasn't immediate with a life message that could save this person's life. So by the time he got there, it was too late. The man had already been executed and he died. And the warden had the message. He could save this person's life, but he kept silent and it was tragic. Now, why do I say this story? Well, I think just like the warden who possessed this good news that could have saved a person's life, we too, we're entrusted with good news, the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ that can save people's eternal lives. I, I just think sometimes we can be reluctant. I think sometimes we could, with such urgent message, we can be casual about it. And oftentimes, instead of being a faithful witness, we become a reluctant witness. And so how, how do we move from that? How do we be reminded of such great message and the urgency of this great message. Well, Jesus tells his disciples right before he leaves earth and ascends into the heavens in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
I mean, this command, we see that God is commissioning us. He's inviting us into the mission of God. And there's a bit of staging here, right? So it, it kind of, you can almost look at it in concentric circles. You start off in Jerusalem, and then you go beyond there to the region of Judea, and then even far beyond there to Samaria, and then ultimately to the ends of the earth. This is good news that we need to carry with urgency, and it needs to go to the world. But here's what sometimes we forget. And in fact, Jesus gives us this term of what we are in this role of the Great Commission. And is this, witnesses. He called us witnesses. Now, what are witnesses? Witnesses are people who are called into the courtroom to testify. To testify about what they have seen, heard, and experienced. That's all. It's just to testify the good news of Jesus. The reason why sometimes we can be reluctant witnesses is because we think that we're the lawyers. We think with this great news that we have, we have to convince people, coerce people, manipulate people. Not that I'm saying that lawyers do that. But sometimes we we forget our role in the courtroom. We are witnesses. We're not there to convince necessarily, just to testify of the good news of Jesus that he has done for our lives. In John chapter 9, it was a great story of a man who Jesus healed. And he was blind. And Jesus performed this miracle in a kind of unique way, let's just say. He gets, he spits on the, the mud and the, the ground, the dirt, and he makes mud out of it, places this on the guy's eye, and the guy is healed. Now, he, he goes to the Pharisees and he celebrates of his miraculous healing that Jesus performed. Now, of course, the Pharisees and the religious authorities don't celebrate with him. In fact, there's a debate amongst the religious leaders of what took place. Some say, well, Clearly, someone is lying, right? That could not have taken place. And then there's another group of people who says, I think it could have taken place. But if it did take place, it is wrong and sinful because it's a healing done on the Sabbath. And this man is a fraud and a sham. And so this investigation goes on. I mean, this is almost kind of like a court case scene. Uh, They're going to their parents to, to, to figure out. Then they finally go to Jesus and they say, hey, confess to the the blind guy, confess that this man is not truly who he says he is. And they really wanted to pit him against Jesus, the guy who healed him, and to the religious authorities who had the religious law of the land. And the response of this guy was brilliant. Here's what he said. He, He didn't go into a theological debate. He didn't go into some logical explanation or appeal to science. What he simply said was this. Listen, I don't know if this man is real or not. Here's what I do know. I was blind and now I see. What this guy simply did was to testify of what has happened to him, what God had did in his life. This is a guy who probably didn't have a religious education. He probably didn't know how to defend the faith. What he did have was an undeniable testimony of what God has done to them. And as witnesses of Jesus, what we're invited to is to say, hey, here's what God has done for me, and I believe he can do it for you. What a powerful story. What a compelling story of this good news that we possess, that we ought to share with other people. You know, the the most famous Christian song out there, 
It was really that, a song of being a witness of what God has done. The most famous Christian song out there is Amazing Grace by John Newton. And he had a shady past and, and he testified to the love of Jesus in his life. He says this, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are invited to this beautiful mission of God, of what has been done to us, but that we could also share the good news of others. As Murray puts it, ministers of the gospel should never forget that they have been called to be witnesses for Christ through the Holy Spirit. When they obey the calling, sinners will be saved and God's children will be sanctified and fitted for his service. This is the only way that Christ can have his proper place in the hearts of his people and in the world. Let's pray our guided prayer for today. Thank you, Lord, that I have so much to witness to because you do so much for me. Amen. Thanks so much for making Gospel Everyday Podcast an important part of your day. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't yet, and we'd love it if you would take a few moments to rate, review, and share the podcast. Tune in tomorrow for brand new content. If you'd like more information about Mariner's Church, download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store or visit marinerschurch.org.